Good evening, uh, viewers of the Skew Universe, or whatever Trey says at the top of the show. It whatever is, Trey says, yeah, you've done this welcome, every day. I don't, don't be listening to Trey. It is uh, <laughs> welcome to the Weekly Skews. It is Tuesday, November fourteenth. I'm Mark Agee, filling in for Trey Crowder, who is in Nashville, where apparently uh, he got an Airbnb where the uh, he's got the Flintstones like. Uh, the router's like a like the Flintstones with like a little yeah. bird. Yeah, yeah. So Trey tried but couldn't join us. So we got Corey sub in last last minute. Here's Corey Ryan Forrester joining me tonight. How are you doing, Corey? I'm doing good, Mark. Yes, this is the most last minute I've ever been. I've been called kind of last minute to do skews, but usually mm-hmm. like a couple hours. Uh, I was literally in the middle of a transaction uh, in Chattanooga. I was purchasing some old Greek tragedies, as one does, you know, when they're me and have some time off. And Trey was like, can you do the show? And I was like, wait, isn't it in 30 minutes? He's like, drive fast. <laughs> so, so here yeah. I am. All right. Well, I'll be telling you about the news because stuff happened today. Uh, I do. Thank you for coming here. I find your affinity for bookstores so quaint. Like uh-huh. It's like it's yeah. It's like it's it very, doesn't match who I am. I mean, it does inside, but it doesn't match what people think of you when they look at you. For uh, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that, Mark. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the show, uh, I wanted to say I had a very weird weekend where two I had two friends become like international memes. Uh, one's a buddy of mine I used to stand up with back in Dallas who uh, does like anal- like basketball analysis for the Mavericks pregame, and put, yeah. he did like this epic rant about how james harden's a huge loser and it got like hundreds of millions of views and then the network deleted it and tried to act like it didn't happen <laughs> but like people already grabbed it and put like the ether beat from nas over it and like started <laughs> his face <is> up. <laughs> and another one my friend nia was at the ufc fight where trump showed up with kid rock right yeah, and they walked into Kid into Kid Rock song and sat down and she was behind him flipping him off so of course she's getting like it's not, nothing really happened Except she got a bunch of fucking death threats. All over yeah, I saw I that I found out in reverse. Like I saw a pundit from like Fox News or whatever tweeting, mm. like randomly tweeting about how she's fat, which she's not, you know. And I was like, wait, what's the context of this? I was like, that's a random person to just go after. And then you sent me the clip, and I was like, oh, it makes so much <laughs> sense now. Yeah, it's like so funny because like the fuck your feelings crowd is so mad about a woman flipping off Trump. Right. And by the way, tr- Trump's been fl- he got flipped off like half the crowd at an Iowa football game just like a month or two ago. Those were all uh, white people though, and fat. Okay. They they yeah. have a kindred spirit with those people. Yeah, it's just so funny. Like the people chanting "Let's go, Brand" is literally like "fuck Joe Biden." Right. And you're like, how good get the vapors? It's like you're you're Woo. first of all, it's at a UFC match where you're all there to watch people die. And you're worried about middle fingers. Yeah. It's like it, it, yeah. it very much it very much goes with their normal uh methodology of like with Thanksgiving is coming up and we all know that they see you know people those type of people always say, Hey, you know, you don't talk religion and politics at Thanksgiving. And I've found that what that means is If it's different than ours, you know what I mean? Uh Like if you have the same politics and religion as me, we can talk about it all the time. Don't bring anything different in here. So their whole, you know, fuck your feelings thing is like your feelings, not mine. My feelings are valid. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what crazy world. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, there was a march for Israel in D.C. today. And like it's very weird crowd. Uh, (laughs) Michael Rappaport was there. Uh, Mike, Michael Rappaport, Chuck Schumer, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. I got to say well, his whole name Mike, Mike Johnson, so vague. And Pastor John Hagee, the megachurch pastor yeah. from San Antonio, spoke at it. And <laughs> John Hagee, I, if I found myself on a stage with John Hagee, I'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the guy who suggested the Holocaust was God's punishment against disobedient Jews and said the Antichrist will likely be partially Jewish, as was Adolf Hitler. This guy took the stage to march for Israel. This is a guy... And introduced who, Michael Rappaport. <laughs> yes, Michael Rappaport and John Hagee. John McCain rejected Hagee's endorsement in 2008 because he said God sent Hitler to help the Jews get to Israel. And wow. Yeah. My thing is like today would be a good day to call for a ceasefire, Joe Biden. Uh, this thing's this is like this war has made such strange bedfellows. Things getting so fucking insane. It'd be nice for when to calm down a little bit. Uh, before we get to the show, uh, a couple quick plugs. I think I'm supposed to do. Trey's got road dates. He's somewhere. 
coming to you soon all over the country. He's in Nashville right now. Don't know why. Well, yeah, you uh, can go to TreyCrowder.com and get those. And speaking of Nashville, me and him will be together December 14th through the 16th at Zany's in Nashville. We don't we don't tour a lot together, so if you're in the surrounding areas, this might be a destination. Drive, fly, whatever. Zany's, Nashville, December 14th through 16th. Well read. All up in your face, baby. Uh, also, Corey and uh, Trey have a book out. It's called Around Here and Over Yonder. It's travelogues and audio version. You guys re- uh, you guys can read. This is how I found that out, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I can read if I wrote <laughs> it. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, you can get that everywhere, baby. Uh, everywhere you get books, uh, the audio version is absolutely fire. I suggest you get one of each. Uh, you know, you read along while we're reading it to you. Also, Christmas is coming up for all the holidays are, matter of fact. Uh, so even if you've already got a copy for yourself, if it hit for you, you might want to give it as a gift to somebody. Yeah, here's some homework. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly, if you like this show and enjoy our content, we have a Patreon page. It's $5 a month. You can sign up. Uh, just search Trey on Patreon or Weekly Skews, or you can go to weeklyskews.more, I think is how that goes. Uh, all right, I've got a great show for you guys. We're going to talk about about uh, Trump coming out full fash over the weekend, as if he was ever fun hiding it. The academics can stop debating now. And uh, for, but first, we're going to talk about some uh, some zany fisticuffs in the, our, our esteemed national legislature and the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's dumbass is any U.S. senator who thinks a fight with a team series is just is going to end with just fists. Uh, Matt <laughs> plays right. this video. When I was building my plumbing company myself and my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard in long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. <laughs> oh, come on, tech shit. Yeah. God damn it. He's, he's mulling it over. Yeah. <laughs> we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your Sorry. solution? Every poll. No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You're, no, no, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Active. Oh, okay. Sit down, please. <laughs> Can I respond? Hold Schiff. it. Hold it. I didn't cut it, Matt. No, I have the money. Said. All right, so America's uh, quite a tapestry. So you got a redneck from, uh, from Oklahoma, Mark, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. Uh, Mark Wayne? With, hold on. His name is yeah. Mark Wayne? All one word, Mark Wayne Mullen. Shut the uh, fuck up. It's one word. You're, you're, you're trolling me. No, no. That's awesome. Uh, uh, arguing with a Teamsters uh, head named Sean O'Brien. He was the most incredible mass hole energy I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, that's the perfect both, name for that guy, Sean O'Brien. Yeah, both being admonished by uh, Bernie Sanders and his, like, Brooklyn Jewy accent thing. Like, it's a, you know, it's a, America's land of contrast. So this was a uh, a Senate hearing uh, in the the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, where Sanders was holding to try and review how unions help working families, and <laughs> this kind of emblazes emblazes uh, how unions help working families because when an asshole exec is trying to yell at you, you'll have a guy go fight him for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it escalated the point where Bernie says, this is a hearing and God knows the American people have enough contempt for Congress. Let's not make it worse. All right. <laughs> so this is a real throwback day. It reminded me of uh, being 1798 when two members of Congress named Matthew Lyon and Roger Griswold tried to kill one another with a walking cane, a pair of iron fireplace tongs on the floor of the house. I remember that. a painting of it. Yeah, which I fucking love because the two guys are trying to beat each other to death and you can't quite see it. You, I urge everyone to go look it up because everyone else watching is just laughing their ass off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got a real uh, like, I don't know that it, it, it was obviously stupider and more like John Wayne put on kind of. But it reminded me of like the old school British Parliament days where they were all standing up with their wigs on, just like, tally-who, my boy! I shall cause <laughs> yeah. a ruckus! Um, the background for this has been going, their beef's been going on for months. There was a, a Senate back in, I think, March, 
uh, where uh, Mullen told a brand to shut your mouth in a heated exchange. And later they both got on social media and fired off at each other. And that's what O'Brien, uh, Mullen was reading from there. Mullen called him a clown, a fraud, and a piece of shit. And basically, O'Brien, Mullen started a big plumbing business and a real estate business and sold plumbing? it like, I, yeah, nice. like $30 million. And O'Brien basically, like, you're a fat cat CEO, profit off other people's labor. And he got really, really mad about that. Like, everybody, everybody's like, I work, everybody works hard, man. This is America. That's not the point. It's like, right. I, I worked nine to six every day for my $100 million. It's like, yeah, that's, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Did, so let me ask you this, Mark. Did did one of them consider taking off their white glove, smacking the other one in the face, and officially challenging them to a duel? Because in my country, that's how it starts. That's that's mm-hmm. the protocol. Uh, Mark Wayne did go on Fox after this and say they should bring back duels. Uh, <laughs> no way! No yeah. fucking way! He pointed to Andrew <laughs> Andrew Johnson beating people up, and this like maybe. Like I've heard people make this point, like ironically or papoy, or even people do this bit on stage, where it's like people would be, you know, more civilized. They thought you could, you would hit them. And I get what he's saying, but also calling some guy with a hundred million dollars anti-union, calling him out this bullshit, I think is inbounds. That's not something that's unfair. Um, So, uh, (laughs) so what he's really mad about the tweets he's reading. I went back and found one. This is Sean O'Brien. He wrote, greedy CEO pretends he's self-made. In reality, he's just a clown and a fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, anytime, cowboy. Hashtag little man syndrome. And included this image, if you haven't, Matt, of Mark Wayne Mullen standing on a box at a debate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. This mass hole's hitting for me real hard. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, today after this was over with, this wasn't directed at O'Brien, but it was directed to somebody inviting him on a podcast to debate this, but he posted this picture. He's wrote, let's do it any place, anytime. And a picture of him loading a gun. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, that's a bridge too far. Uh, <laughs> so by the way, uh, Mark Wayne McMullen is trained like in, in 06 and 07, he fought in three mixed martial arts fights. He won all three. And if the total fight time was less than 10 minutes, uh, and he followed a total of less than three full rounds. So I would not want to get in an octagon with him, but you're going up against the Teamsters here, buddy. Right. Uh, it's not going to be – it's going to be bats and bricks and a 22 to the back of your ear to you get rolled up in a rug. Right. Uh, like that Jimmy Hoffa <laughs> situation – that Jimmy Hoffa situation was an outlier. It usually goes to the Teamsters. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And also, like, I guess to be a little bit serious here – like, do, who, how many people on this dude's camp have to approve a tweet where he's like, me and this guy had a disagreement of words. I'm going to threaten to shoot him because that, <laughs> that is what you should do. That means that, that means I'm a very serious person. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking about teachers. I was working on a show once that tried to use a, they, they, the bosses tried to use a non-union crew. Oh boy. And, uh, the Teamsters found out about it and surrounded the building and beat the exec the execs' cars with bats. Yeah. And <laughs> so these are not people I want to fucking mess with. Anyway, that was just one of two fights on Capitol Hill today, uh, or near fist near fights. No way. Fisticuffs, uh, I believe. Yeah. The other one was a, t- a representative Tim Burchett from uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Went on CNN and said that Kevin McCarthy hit him in the back. Uh, I'll here just watch this video, uh, Matt. <laughs> Explain to us what happened with you and Kevin McCarthy. Well, I was doing an interview um, with um, Claudia from NPR, uh, a lovely lady, and she was asking me a question. And and at that time, I uh, got elbowed in the back, and it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys. And I turned back, and there was there was Kevin, and um, and I, I for a minute I was kind of what the heck just happened. And then I, um, you know, I, I chased after him. Of course, he's a uh, as I've stated many times, he's a he's a bully with seventeen million dollars in a security detail. You know, he's the type of guy that, when you're a kid, would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt. And he just, you know, he, he, <laughs> oh, he uh, could have met from. Behind. Okay, hold on. I, 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 this guy's su- not supposed to hit for me, right? Because he's kind of hitting for me right here. I like this like swaggy papaw energy. No, I mean he's uh you'd probably enjoy having barbecue with him, but no, he's a he's a psychotic ass. And you know he's real yeah. as hell. You know, he's he's the one that like. He's one of the guys who, after the the uh, uh, the big school covenant school shooting in Nashville, was like, "Well, 
it hurts the same no matter what gun you get shot with. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, fuck him in almost every instance, I guess, except for this one. He's just kind of, uh, mm-hmm. he's responding in a way that I like. You know, most GOP people don't respond in a way that I like. I enjoy his demeanor here. But mm-hmm. as we all know, uh, there ain't a river so long don't contain a bend, I suppose. Yeah. So he, uh, uh, the context here is he's one of the eight people that voted, eight Republicans that voted to remove McCarthy, which is where McCarthy has a beef about it. Uh, and here's McCarthy uh, trying to lie. And I'll tell you why we know he's lying in a second. But uh, you can tell, I probably tell he's lying. Because his mouth's his moving? Mouth. Yeah, there's that. But also, listen to the tone of his voice here real quick. A reporter was interviewing Bertrand or something. I guess our shoulders hit because Bertrand runs up to me after. I didn't know what he was talking about. So the reporter's asking me. I did not run and hit the guy. I did not kidney punch him. I did not shoot anything like that. He didn't shoot him. All right. No. So, I, we, it's yeah, always I, a, I, can a tell, I can tell fucking right now. That's like back in the <laughs> day. Like, well, I do that. <laughs> Yeah, like like back in the day when like some squirmy kid would like flip off a bully at thinking the bully had their back turned and the bully would turn around. They were like, no, 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 I meant the guy over your shoulder. What were they? Like that's, yeah, that's, uh, by the way, when they pulled that iPhone out, I thought it was a gun and I was like, holy shit, we buried the lead on this. <laughs> yeah. It, like, we really haven't had a Bud Dwyer, Bud Dwyer situation in a long time. If you guys don't know who our <laughs> Bud Dwyer is. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> The reason, one of the reasons we know he's lying is he, like Burchett was talking to a reporter in the middle of when when McCarthy hit him. It was like apparently hard enough that he fell over into the reporter. Like she saw it all. And she's like she she was recording him. She posts the audio, and uh, Burchett goes and chases him. He says, "What a jerk!" When it happens, and chases him down. He goes, "What kind of chicken poop was that?" He said, "Chicken poop." No, he uh, didn't. <laughs> yes. Dude, I fucking, I cannot get over the just piled on cake makeup phoniness of the GOP when it's like, I know that you're not actually upset because if you were, you wouldn't be able to choose the word chicken poop. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to have a friend who's like, just say chicken shit, buddy. You're like, it's right. like you're about to try to fight a grown man on the floor of Congress and so just say in the halls of Congress, just say shit. Right. Uh some more context here. Adam Kinziger, who's a you know a Republican who turned on Trump after January sixth, uh, he had a book just come out, and he said that Kevin McCarthy intentionally shoulder checked him twice, sort of similar to a Burchett story. McCarthy, of course, denies that too, but he just lies. Uh, some more context here is Mark Wayne Mullen and Tim Burchett also have beef. Uh, Burchett uh, McMullen had, runs like a fitness workout group for a bunch of Congress people, like a bipartisan like CrossFit group or something. Yeah, and he kicked he kicked Burchett out of it. For being enemies with Kevin McCarthy. Just all these people rule, man. Just fucking total psychos. <laughs> <laughs> as a uh, as a new father, I wanted to include, as you are a new father, I wanted to include this last story. Uh, some more fun in Congress. This guy named Pat Fallon, a congressman in Texas, said he was retiring from Congress to run for state Senate, which everyone thought was super weird because that's <laughs> going backwards. Backwards, right? yeah. I was about to say, that's not even a lateral move. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So he, his, his stated reason that he wanted to spend more time with his family, but I mean, I'm going to quote here from the story that quotes him. But after making his announcement Monday and talking more with his family and his constituents, he reconsidered his oldest son, Thomas, was distraught. <laughs> <laughs> no, daddy, please. Less time. Run for president. <laughs> I'm assuming his son meant like his dad was giving up fighting for the cause or whatever, but the phrase, you know, it just fucking killed me. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and all this is happening when the government was set to run out of money on Friday. They're right. all just running around slapping each other and shit. And uh, last minute today, the House did pass a short-term continuing resolution to kick the can down the road till January, where we will do all this again. And more Republicans voted against today's continuing resolution than voted against the one that got McCarthy shit canned. So I don't know what the fuck these idiots are doing. Um, <laughs> Corey, are you proud to be an American? <laughs> um, no, Mark, uh, not really. I mean, listen, um, I mean, there's a there's an undercurrent. You know, we write about it a lot in our book around here and over yonder, uh, uh, Mark. It's the duality, the duality of the Southern man, as the drive by truckers have written, also just exists Uh to me as an American, you know, at large. Um, I'm not proud, but it's like at this point, it's like, eh, what are you going to do? 
Yeah, I mean, like, the Republicans keep making this point. It kind of hits for me. It's like, this is what more of a democracy looks like, is people fucking arguing and fighting and yelling. I'm yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. It's not wrong. Uh, yeah. I uh, do like, here's the thing, though. A lot of the stuff that we've been talking about here is infighting between, you know, the GOP and shit. And I'm all for that. Like, I, I you know, Burchett or whatever, I was like, wait, am I supposed to be on this guy's side? And I was like, he's a Republican. How could I be? But then I look and it's like, oh, he's talking shit about McCarthy. All right. I guess, you know, this is like me watching a football game where my team isn't playing. And I just, yeah. get, I'm like, fucking, I hope everybody scores all the time, baby. <laughs> right. It's sort of like, like if the context was different, like if what they were fighting over was, you know, we only have X, X billion dollars to spend, and, but we need we one person's like we need to spend it on hospitals, another person's like we need to spend it on children's cancer research, and they get into an argument over it. That is a hidden argument for me. Right. This is you cost me my job as House Speaker because I'm a lying dipshit, and then you kick me out of your CrossFit group. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is different, and that don't yeah. hit. But you know, right. whatever. It's good television. All right, so let's talk about the stakes of next year's election because reporters are finally getting around to talking about that. Even using the word final, let's talk about stakes. It's like, okay, and I'll get, we'll get that in a second. But uh, so a couple of things happened over the weekend. A couple of pieces came out. Um, this first one, behind the curtain, Trump allies pre-screen loyalists for unprecedented power grab. Uh, basically, they're setting up an, a shadow government so far of 54,000 people across the government to like to assign various departments to be pure Trump loyalists. Uh, they're using a artificial intelligence from Oracle to screen social media posts for the most deranged tweets. That's how you get a job. Honestly, uh, that's the smartest thing they could do is outsource it to artificial intelligence instead of stupid intelligence. Yeah. Uh, the Heritage Foundation is working with Trump on this. Uh, just tell, said this apparatus is orders of magnitude bigger than anything ever assembled for a party out of power. So, you know, they're coming for it this time. And talk about the stakes reporting thing. One of the a reporter who tweeted the story out said, this is stakes reporting. I mean, like the alternative to horse race coverage. And instead of talking about polls and who's down and who's up, talk about what the candidates would fucking do, which they almost never do with Trump. So I found this at least a little bit, uh, you know, helpful. But also, it's funny to me, they have to announce, here's something substantive for once. They had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I say, what if you were like 25 minutes into your set, like, okay, now for a good joke. You yeah, know? I've done that. I think a couple <laughs> times. I was like, "Well, you know, I better, I better let them know it's going to start getting good from here on out." Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the like to me, the stakes of this are insanely high. Like, if they, if these changes are allowed to take root, like even the long term, it sets, gen- sets the stage for a generation of like American at least semi dictators, yeah, full on dictatorship if Trump has his way. But like, it also like. I don't remember like how the how the Iraq war was ran, but because Trump couldn't, I mean, because I'm sorry, George W. Bush couldn't find anybody with sense to participate in it. Right. They would like get like 27 year olds who graduated from like Christian law schools to run like the Iraqi police ministry or right. something. They didn't even speak Arabic or whatever. And it's like, so like if Trump has his way, basically one of these 54,000 people will probably be a 22 year old, uh, you know, Liberty University graduate. Charlie Kirk clone. Who, yeah, who thinks the Earth is six thousand years old, and be put in charge of the FDA, even though he thinks like not drinking raw milk is gay or something. Right. Yeah, it's not good, dude. Uh, it none of it's good. I mean this this part is scary, obviously. And then there's the and I don't know if y'all have talked about this on the show, but like him uh, going to the UFC fight actually brought it up in my mind. I was like, dude, if he runs and picks Tucker as his running mate, I don't I don't think it'll be close. You know what? I, I, I really don't. I really don't. Like, I, I, I uh, Tucker Carlson's I, extremely off-putting to majority people, man. I, I know, dude. But like, him and Elon are boys, and like, he's off-putting. But like, to the people that Kamala Harris is off-putting to, he might get a lot of people out to vote. Like, I don't know. It terrifies me. Just like that level of media control and shit. Because like, dude, when Elon first took over Twitter, and everybody was like bitching like oh man he's gonna make this far right or whatever I, now i didn't like elon but i i was i was kind of of the camp i was like okay look what's really gonna happen is he's just not going to suppress as many hateful things and that does suck but like everyone will be able to say whatever they want to whatever but like bro he's retweeting tucker carlson every day like he's clearly anyone that thinks like elon musk is like he's just a, an intelligent independent no he's not he is a full blown 
fascist style Republican. Yeah. And regardless of how cringe we think Elon Musk is, the man wields an ins- like maybe not William Randolph Hearst levels, but like God, it's fucking yeah. close. It's the modern day equivalent, you know. Yeah, I'm seeing so much disinformation all over the internet from uh, uh, about the like Israel and Gaza, and most of it's coming from Twitter. Like, it's completely unchecked bullshit. I'm not talking like it's from every aspect of every spectrum. Everything, everything. Like, you, you cannot tell what reality is from the internet right now. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I saw a poll the other day that said that two in five people want a dictator. Two in five Americans are open to some form of dictator. And I found that fucking. That's a weird. I've never heard anybody say two and five. That's odd. But forty. You say forty percent. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna uh, say like four out of ten. I'd go with that. Two out of five. You know, it's a. It seems like more for some reason, even though it's not. I, I reduced the fraction, but I think, but like it's weird. That like the concept of democracy has become like ideological because like, I it was a revolutionary idea when it was like first introduced. You know, like the idea of self-rule in the founding fathers was like more like 10 percent of selves rule. But like but eventually we got closer and something approaching something resembling a full democracy after the 1960s. Right. right. Well, uh, and I mean, they were obviously heavily influenced by like the Roman Empire and shit like that, yeah, which is like, yeah, yeah. Which, which is uh, like, the thing is, is like, I understand base level. It's like, yeah, they had it figured out. I'm like, did you read all the way to the end, though? Because we're in that part. Yeah. Yeah, but also like uh, you know the Greeks had uh, you know they all they're all very warlike and had slaves and shit. So the founding we eventually nailed that too. Uh, <laughs> so, but like the basic idea is not liberal. <laughs> Democracy is not liberal. Capital L liberal, right? right. Small L liberal. The idea is competence. If somebody is fucking up, you could throw the bum out, and also you're not subject to a king who will draft your kid to go fight in some asinine war for their profit. That's what the don't tread on me flag was about. Right. right? So anyway, it's like people have forgotten what the fuck it is. You're not going to like a dictatorship. It's not going to hit for you. You're going to end up, your kids are going to be fighting in some war over a gold mine where the gold goes straight to the fucking King's like lair. Uh, so, this It'd be on one thing if we had like a decent dictator, but it's like, well, God damn, we're going to go to dictatorship and start off with the worst one. Fuck. It's well, there's no such thing as a benevolent dictatorship, but that's the whole right. like, it, it, like it's still you're gonna be subject to the whims of some moron. And I prefer I prefer having a say in my own destiny. Anyway, yeah, I agree. Uh headline on this next piece, some stuff that happened over the weekend. Uh when Trump tells you he's an authoritarian, believe him. Like this is about how people have been debating the the, the definitions of this shit, but he fucking threw the academics out of the way this weekend and just called everybody that opposes him vermin. Matt, if you have this next video. Uh, you can go ahead and play it because I think we're a little behind on the tech stuff. Today, especially in honor of our great veterans on Veterans Day, we pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country that lie and steal and cheat on elections and will do anything possible. They'll do anything whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and to destroy okay. the American Can you see dream. me? Yeah. Okay, my thing is going, like, really crazy, so I was afraid that I had been kicked out. I apologize, everybody, for that dead air. Now, uh, so anybody's familiar with the rhetoric of, you know, fascistic dictators will recognize this. Like, Hitler literally called Jews vermin and cockroaches. Right. Pr- promised to root out the communists, the socialist trade unionists. Like J- Trump, just say fucking Jesse Owens and jazz musicians and play all the hits, right? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I know Trump is stupid, okay? But I will throw out that a couple profiles written of him in the 90s said the one book he owned was a book of Hitler speeches that he kept on his bedside table. Um, but even if he accidentally stumbled ass backwards into just clearly quoting Hitler, right? Hitler was stupid too. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was a passionate, dumb man. Yes. Um, and tr- Trump's spokesman, my name is Stephen Chung, attempted to clarify, I'm putting clarifying quotes here, Trump's Hitlerian illusions by making it worse, stating that Trump's political opponents, quote, entire existence will be crushed when President Trump returns to the White House. This is the guy trying to make it less Hitler. Right. 
Yeah, I saw that. I, uh, I saw the quote, too, where he was like, actually, I, I meant, uh, I, uh, sorry, I meant to say their sad existence, not their yeah. entire existence. Uh, but then after Chung said this, trying to make it seem more nice, even though he didn't, Trump went on and said he was wrong. He said, the quote, the team of losers and misfits, the people that oppose him, will end up in a mental institution by the time my next term as president is successfully completed. By the way, he's not joking about him just driving people crazy. He's talking about using the government to throw his political opponents and mental institutions, just like a guy named, again, Adolf Hitler. Also, right. Stalin did this shit. Um Here's the next headline. Trump says Jack Smith and Letitia James will be in mental institutions during next term. Uh, he's also talking about clearing out the homeless camps throughout the country by throwing them involuntarily into mental institutions uh, after they're screened in makeshift tent cities. What's what's a Corey, what's the name for a camp where you concentrate people? I believe, Mark, it is called a concentration camp, or I guess in the future, Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh also, talking about immigrations, he talked about like having clean-blooded Americans within our yeah. borders, which, fuck that. He's got, like, he rolled out a plan for giant detention camps for immigrants. Like, I'm not just talking about people at the border. I'm talking about people that are here Legally, on visas. Yes. Like, just our, bra- our brown-skinned comedian friends. Yes. Who have political opinions that Trump doesn't like. Um Basically, he's talking about a task force of like millions of people, I guess, expanding Border Patrol and, and deploying them into the inner part of the country to round up people and throw them into giant camps. These are not just the detention centers that already exist, which are bad enough, but of quoting Stephen Miller here, a vastly expanded network to facilitate facilitate the deportation of millions of undocumented immigrants, including longtime residents with deep ties to communities. <clears throat> Here's where we get to the clownish part of this. <laughs> okay. As if we God. aren't even there. Because like clowns can be dangerous. We mostly make fun of Trump. <laughs> yeah, right. But he's getting pennywise. Like, right. But other countries have clown leaders too. And that's what I want to show this clip of Trump over the weekend talking about President Xi of China. All right. Unless we lost Matt. There we go. Central casting. There's nobody in Hollywood that can play the role of President Xi. The look, the strength, the voice. We will begin immediately negotiation. And I say, I say, loosen up. I say, loosen up. I had a great relationship with him until COVID. Then I said, that's the end of that. But I did. It's good to have a good relationship with Putin and Xi and all these people that have lots of nuclear weapons. So he goes on to talk about how strong she is for like giving the death penalty to drug dealers, um, saying that China doesn't have a drug problem, which we'll get to that in a second. Because if you think of a, a country of 1.2 billion people or whatever, nobody's partying with drugs. Right. I got a fucking bridge to sell you. The home of heroin. Are you right. kidding? <laughs> so. And such saying, insane cocaine fueled capitalism. Right. He doesn't like he doesn't even uh like. He's, he's acting like she has some big, tough, baritone voice, which is not true. But also, she's not, like, super beloved or respected by, like, large chunks of Chinese population. It's not like that he rules them. I mean, he rules them with iron fist in the sense that they fuck up too bad, they'll end up in a jail. But it's not like everyone walking around is scared of President Xi. Let me give you an example here. This headline is from a couple years ago. China bans Winnie the Pooh film. Actually, this is from a recent headline. This is an ongoing thing. China bans Winnie the Pooh film after comparisons to President Xi. So, for what? years... What? So on the Chinese internet, we did a, a whole piece about this when I worked for Patriot Act. Like the way people do political criticism is essentially like using memes as like political cartoons. Right. And people decided that President Xi looked like Winnie the Pooh and it went mega viral. And for, it started <laughs> with this image of President Xi walking with President Obama compared to <laughs> Tigger walking with Winnie the Pooh. Oh, and I'm sure some see- people did something with that. Oh, this, yeah, I was just focusing on the Winnie the Pooh part for a second. Yeah, yeah. So, like, th- this has been a, a mega viral on the Chinese internet for, like, seven, eight years. Um, and it reminds, this is how people communicate on the Chinese. Like, people think the Chinese internet's totally locked down. It's not. Like, a lot of days you can still read the New York Times from the Chinese internet, right? Um, but, like, the uh, there was a guy named the, the, the Barefoot Lawyer who was a human rights lawyer in China. I like who, his cousin, the Contessa, more, but go on. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, one thing you know about him is he's blind. It's an important part of the story because he wore funky sunglasses to cover his eyes like a lot of blind people do. Uh, he managed to, like, he was under home confinement because the government, he didn't hit for the government. 
He broke out of home arrest, the blind guy, and managed to make it to the U.S. Embassy. He lives in New York now. Anyway, to make fun of President Xi for this big of a fuck-up for a blind guy escaping his police state, everyone was <laughs> posting pictures of themselves all over the Chinese internet wearing this guy's sunglasses. All right? So, anyway, she is not beloved for being super strong, and I think we just lost Corey. Um, and in case he comes back, I'll just talk for a few minutes about how China doesn't has, allegedly doesn't have a drug problem. Uh, so... This headline, Trump said China doesn't have a drug problem. The data tells a different story. There's a 2017 report from China's National Narcotics Control Commission. Uh, this is according to China's own government. There are 2.5 million. Hey, welcome back, Corey. Thank so you. Sorry, my country-ass uh, internet finally did it. Yeah. Uh, according to China's own government, 2.5 million. there are 2.5 million drug users in China, which is like, just say zero, because 2.5 million are one too good. But even they said there was a year-over-year increase of 7%. But, like, they have the government registers drug users. It's like they're getting these numbers from people who voluntarily registered they use drugs with the government. Right. <laughs> right. Which is, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, I've got a bunch of buddies that do drugs. The only way that they would do that is if the government had some sort of cash for clunkers with, like, old pill bottles or something. You know what I mean? Right. They might do it then. Uh <laughs> Uh, anyway, any outside experts, their best guess is China's rates of drug use are much higher. So like executing drug dealers, whatever you think of the merits of it, uh, certainly some drug dealers are assholes, but most of them are just guys living around the corner who are bringing some weed. Uh, uh, anyway, if China doesn't have a drug problem, you got to ask yourself, why does China's government invest millions of dollars in equipment that you remember? I know we had, we had like wastewater testing for COVID rates. Yeah. All right, China has that for drugs and people's poop and, uh, poop and pee. No shit. Right? Yeah. So China's that government is authoritarian and don't hit. But like the idea that Trump fantasizes about having China's government is very fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, dude, Trump, dude yeah, sorry. I've talked on this show probably before about how like I've I've read a lot about Hitler and fascist mm -hmm. dictators and stuff purely for research. Every time I go to the bookstore and I'm buying a Hitler book, I have to like I also buy like, uh, you know, like some sort of Jane Austen book to, to mm -hmm. go with it. And I'm just like, no, listen, not me. I promise. But like I talked about the whole thing of like it, the authoritarian fascist Hitler textbook 101 is like all the create a problem that doesn't exist and only you can solve it right and so mm. i've been bitching about it forever of like man i'm starting to see these things but in my brain i was like they're never gonna just come out and full-on say it out loud we've got to be searching for it but like dude they're just literally quoting like they're just remixing hitler and not even changing any of the lyrics like at what point are people going to have to go you know what i guess I like Hitler. I feel like it's kind of like how like like a, a six year old black dude in 1991 must have felt when he heard "Juicy" by Biggie. And he's like, <laughs> "This guy's just talking over Juicy Fruit" <laughs> by Tume. <laughs> right. It's the same song. The same song. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Trump also did this over the weekend. He keeps confusing, like, he loves Viktor Orban, who's, like, the president of Hungary. Okay. Why? Because uh, Hungary has slid back in this uh, semi-right-wing dictatorship. Like, he's done stuff like banned all wokeness from the schools and, like, making <laughs> fire thing all liberal judges. you can't judges. even define. Like, how do they right. do that? It's so funny. Right. The, like, it's basically, like, like, if Ron DeSantis got rubbed to Genie's Lamp and could remake America into a country, it would be what, like, Hungary's government is like right now. Right. But he also doesn't really know where Hungary is, and he keeps mixing up Hungary and Turkey and saying Viktor Orban's the president of Turkey. I and totally also understand he, why. I swear to God, Mark, every time I hear Hungary, I think, I'd like some turkey. I'm serious. Like, I've, always, <laughs> I've always confused them, too, but here's the difference. I, <laughs> I'm not trying to run our country, nor should I ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I made that connection. Like I'm hungry. I want some turkey. That's probably yeah. A I, I, do there, right? I do it every time. I do it every time. If there was a country so, called Bola Gravy, I'd think of them every time. Fucking hungry got brought up. Uh so so he thinks that Orban is very strong, but he also thinks that Hungary shares a border with Russia. That's what makes him so tough. But it's like four countries away from Russia. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I can't figure out how his brain works. You're, you're closer to me with the hungry turkey thing. Uh, 
But in the middle of this rant, let me quote here from quote here from him. The head of Hungary, a very tough, strong guy, Viktor Orban. They interviewed him two weeks ago, and they asked, "What would you advise President Obama?" He says, "Very simple. He should resi- immediately resign. They should replace him with President Trump." Now, this is like the twentieth time in the past couple months that Trump has said that President Obama is currently the president. <laughs> so. It's really like Trey and I talked about this recently, but it's sort of like muddying his Biden is old and senile attacks when he can't right. remember. Like, it's like that's like the first concussion test is who's the president, right? Well, it's like he's going into his old material. It's like he's on stage and he's you know when you're on a comedian and you're on stage and you're bombing. It's like oh, I, I remembered one from ten years ago. I'm going to slip into mm-hmm. it real quick. That's all his greatest hits were Obama jokes and shit. So he's just on autopilot, dude. Which is what you know being senile is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he. Uh, <laughs> So trying to defend him, Brian Kilmeade on Fox News made the weirdest argument that you'll ever hear him make about how Trump isn't senile. He's just crazy. Okay. <laughs> Listen to the defense. yourself to Joe Biden. There's no way. And Donald Trump keeps saying that because he believes Obama's pulling the strings. I talked to him off camera about that. I talked to him on radio about that. I said, well, and I corrected him on the radio interview. Please go back and listen. I said, you mean Joe Biden? He goes, no, Joe Biden, he's convinced Barack Obama's running the country. That's why he says it. He wants to. So he thinks Obama's pulling like a Dick Cheney? Yes. He thinks that like, kill me's defense of him here. And it's an affirmative defense. He thinks is like, like dispositive or whatever the word is, or like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, gets him off the hook, whatever the fans are getting yeah, off right. the hook is. Uh, his defense here is he's not the dementia kind of demented. He's the other kind of demented. <laughs> right. He's a dementor from Harry Potter. That's what he right. is. Uh, <laughs> and I'll bring you to like some other recent news this week. So um, if Obama choice- was actually pulling the strings, that would kind of explain why our uh, like why the job we've got so many jobs created. You know what I mean? So I'm fine with that <laughs> on certain aspects. Uh, uh- so some news this week, uh, Trump's former lawyer, we talked about it recently, Jenna Ellis flipped on him, but ABC News got a hold of like some videotape of her proffer, se- proffer sessions where you go in and talk to a prosecutor about what you would tell them if they gave you a deal. All right. So, uh, Corey, get ready to read that. I, I sent Corey a thing. He's in a cold read. We're going to get to in a second. So you can go oh, ahead and yes. load that up, Corey. Just don't read it yet. I want you to be surprised by this. Uh Basically, Jenna, the most striking part of her testimony was that like they were in the White House in December and they were she was talking to Dan Scavino, who's Trump's used to be caddy, now social media manager slash advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they were like she was like, oh, I don't think we're going to be able to overturn the election, yada, yada, yada. And Dan Scavino says it doesn't matter. The boss is not going to leave. We're just going to we're just going to stay in power. All right. So anyway, just be warned if Trump gets in. Uh, he's not leaving this time. Uh, but one other person who flipped on Trump was Sidney Powell, who talked about how her plans to seize voting machines nationwide, nationwide and admitted that she frequently communicated with Trump about this plan. Um, she still believes that Trump won the election, by the way, so she won't retract that, whatever. But the main one to get to was like the Daily Beast. Sidney Powell based all this, all these accusations on a single email she got from a woman who you're about to read, Daily Beast got an interview with this woman who sent the email. She also emailed uh, Maria Bartiromo and Tom Fitton, who's like a conservative like lawyer, all right? Bartiromo realized it was crazy, kind of ignored it. I'm not sure what Tom Fitton did, although he was in the White House about this time a lot. But uh, read this interview re- uh, This interview with this woman whose name is Marlene Bourne. Okay. Uh, for, before I read this, uh, I only learned recently that the Daily Beast and Mr. Beast are not the same thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Daily Beast is a good. Daily Beast is an interesting news publication. So anyway, go okay. ahead. Good, good covering conspiracy theories. Yeah. Here we go. Cold read. In an interview with the Daily Beast, the woman behind that email. A Minnesota artist named Marlene Bourne said that she based her now nationally prominent ideas about election fraud on a wide variety of sources, including hidden messages she detects in films, song lyrics she hears on the radio, and overheard conversations she hears while in line at the supermarket checkout. Quote, yeah, I'm crazy, Bourne told the Daily Beast. Crazy like a fox. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Michael Scott. Bourne makes what she calls cactus art using glitter and Swarovski crystals. 
Quote, the wind tells me I'm a ghost, but I don't believe it, end quote. Asked about the, quote, wind that gives her ideas, Bourne responded to the Daily Beast with a question of her own. Quote, well, let me ask you something. Do you believe in telepathy? <laughs> in a in a discursive 40-minute interview with the Daily Beast, Bourne threw out a jumble of ideas that centered on ties between telepaths, the Bank of the Vatican, the NXIVM sex cult, uh, which I assume is a, no- a numerical thing that I don't know how to read, and the 1970 film Beneath the Planet of the A- Beneath the Planet of the Apes, my friend. <laughs> Not the original. Not the original. <laughs> Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Bourne gets her theories from song lyrics and glimpses of magazine covers. She's working on a book styled after the Ancient Aliens television series that focuses on the discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb. This woman, <laughs> this woman's theories cost Fox billions of dollars, sent a ton of people to prison, and almost doomed the Republic. Yes. My uh... God. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack in there. For uh, the, the sex cult, pronounced is it just pronounces itself Nixium. I know I don't know why they spell it in Roman numerals, but it's just pronounced Nixium. But okay. uh, also, I just want to point out that her job is making cactus art. She lives in Minnesota. I, everything <laughs> about this lady hits so well, hard for me. Not um, a lot of people are doing it there. You know what I mean? If you're making cactus art, but you live in Arizona, it's quite the saturated market, my friend. You might need to move your fucking ass to Minnesota. Yeah, uh, while Matt's looking for this, uh, before I look for some t- uh, comments, I wanted to get to this story real quick. Another thing that scares me about, uh, you know, Republicans having levers of power with their penchant for for uh, not regulating shit. Now, Democrats get around to it too late, and they're all too old to understand what's happening on the Internet. But this is truly frightening to me. This headline, Anderson, Andreessen Horowitz invests in Civitai as a company that profits from non-consensual AI porn. Um, oh, my God. Some comment in here, Mark Andreessen, who owns this company, um, he wrote a manifesto recently about how uh, safety and trust, trust and safety teams on the internet are the enemy of innovation. So basically he's saying that all content moderation is bad, which is not, right. unless you want to see ISIS beheading videos, the top of face your Facebook feed, uh, fuck this guy. But also if they or don't get a child like, pornography, a thing that they're always so concerned about would be insanely prevalent. Suicide videos, uh, yeah. all, all that stuff is only not on the internet because someone in like uh, making two dollars an hour on a content farm in Indonesia sees it and deletes it before it gets to your feet. Right. That's the only reason you don't see that shit. So basically, this company, you'll be able to upload photos of a woman who rejected you into oh, no. this program. Oh, and no. pay someone to make an AI porn for you with it. Oh god! And there's nothing stopping it. And Andreessen, like this, like this is like a, a huge manifesto talking about how like it, people need to get out of creators' ways. They want AI to save the world. Creators. I gotta ask you, Mark Andreessen, <laughs> how the fuck are you saving the world by investing in AI revenge porn? What's the how do how do we how do we get to that to the, to the world being saved? I don't fucking know, and you don't either. And also, he did a big his company put a big statement about AI, like Chad GPT, whatever their Chad GPT. I think it might actually be Chad GPT that it warned that if they're not able to steal people's copyrighted material, that might never be profitable. And he stated that as though the government needed to, do, to fix something about that problem. It's we need a we need a unit of measurement that is named after the amount of time it takes for a new technology to be created and then used for the absolute worst thing possible. It's like we just now heard about AI and immediately it's like you should put your teacher that failed you into it and then you can watch a black dude fucker on TV and nobody yeah. can say anything about it. Yeah. Uh, Alan Speed says, hit that like button. Thank you, Alan. Uh, the thing is, like, inventions usually go the opposite direction. The first things invented are always, almost always either to, like, you invent something to fuck or something to kill people with. And then you reverse right. engineer ways it's useful. Right? right? Yeah. So, but, like, this is not... You can start with the useful stuff. You can make home movies, for example. Right. I don't want to watch an AI home movie with my dad in it doing stuff he didn't do, but like somebody might. Uh, you know, uh, David Snar says cactus art in Minnesota, the least crazy thing in the article. I agree. Maybe I I, agree. you know what? I spent, maybe there are there snow cactuses. I don't know. <laughs> <There's snow cactuses. laughs> uh, Kim, she says, "Come on, guys, we're way more creative than those loons. Let's create a conspiracy." Oh, I've got conspiracy theories. They're just all true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, uh, yeah, I got a, I got a couple, uh, definitely. Uh, like when 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 people when pharma execs talk openly on an earnings call about how the treatment's more profitable than the cure, so they shouldn't try to cure a disease. Yeah, that's one I fully believe in because I've heard them say it. Uh, uh, yeah. Mine was that the original coronavirus vaccine was in the original recipe of Butterfinger, and that's why they changed it, and that's why we all started getting sick. Because if you will note. Uh, 2019, the year named after the virus, that is right before that, Butterfinger changed their recipe. No one fucking asked for this. No one at all. We all love Butterfinger. It was us and Bart Simpson. We were still getting over the fact that we couldn't get BBs, but we were like, at least I can get the original recipe Butterfinger. All of a sudden, they changed the recipe, right? They changed the recipe, and now everybody starts getting sick. You know what I'm saying? Who owns Butterfinger? Nestle. Right around this time, Nestle is in litigation with their ongoing war to own all the water. They need something to happen. They need everyone to lose focus on that. So they make everyone sick with the coronavirus. And that is my theory. I'm not on board with this, but it makes a lot more sense than most conspiracy theories I hear. Uh, <laughs> Carla Barrick says, you can't keep Corey down even with redneck Wi-Fi. See, you fucking figured it out. Trey's fucking ass, lazy ass hillbilly just gave up. Uh, yeah, well, in Trey's defense, I and, and I'm not great at doing two things at once. I'm not great at it, but Trey is literally paralyzed when something else is going on. Like literally can't, like he can't do two things at once. Um, yeah, I think all I did was uh, I just restarted my <laughs> window and I came back on and it was fine. I literally, I blew into the video game. That's it. And it no. worked because it does all the time. Uh, History with Coach says North Georgia internet sucks. I feel you, Corey. It sure uh, does. And here's a fun fact. Uh, I'm 10 minutes away, literally 10 minutes away from the world's fastest internet. Did I say the country's fastest internet? Uh, no, I did not. Did I say the state of Georgia's fast? No, I did not. The fucking world's fastest internet is 10 minutes away from my house, but they won't let me have it because right now it's a Tennessee exclusive. They're in bed with Nestle. <laughs> Uh, they finally got good Wi-Fi at my mom's house. Uh, it used to be like you couldn't get on the internet if it was raining. I mean, like not raining hard. I just mean like drizzling. I know. Yeah. Uh, John Orbit Bainbridge says, I want to move to a bowl of gravy. <laughs> I didn't. Even, it's so funny. I didn't realize that I said it like that, but I sure did. And that's wonderful. I'm going to have to use that in a bit now. Thank you, John. Bowl of gravy. It, sounds, it does sound like there probably be like a city in Eastern Europe called Bowl of gravy. Yeah, for uh, sure. Nestle owns Pulling Spring in Maine and other. We're trying to stop them here in Maine. Uh, You're not well, going to succeed. I'm sorry to say, but like I, ho I they, hope you do. They would. There was a uh, there's a video on YouTube. You can go watch their exec talking about how they need to corner the next the next uh, most valuable commodity is going to be fresh water. And Nestle needs to corner the market on all the world's fresh water. And like and after that came out a long video. It's like to shareholders. It went public, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't mean any of that." <laughs> right. right. Uh, they literally want to own the rain, ladies and gentlemen. The rain. Your air is next. They're gonna yeah. they're, they're gonna put something in a fucking baby roof, and it's gonna be like a respirator. You're gonna have to have that. There's there's native reservations in uh, Cardus is Nestle is evil. Yeah, there's there's native reservations in Canada where the people have to go buy jugs of water because the government sold all their water to Nestle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it doesn't yeah. even taste like peanut butter crunch. No. Uh, yeah. Liz Byrne says they're responsible for thousands of deaths of, of babies from their infant formula. And all, Jesus like, Christ. Only like, we, we talked about this with, back when like the, 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 the government had shut down a baby, a baby formula factory and there was a shortage. But like only three companies make baby formula in America. And all the government's got to do is let European companies compete with them for U.S. market share. And they're right. like companies. And you, wrong with European European baby and you know that shit's good because they're like Greek yogurt style baby formula. They got like every time, listen, say what you will about Europe and my papa certainly has, but almost every time uh, we get one of their food things that they've been doing for a long time, I'm so pleasantly surprised to, to, and to know like, God damn, I can't believe we had yogurt fucked up that whole time. Like, don't get me wrong. I still love a good gogurt. Oh my God, you put it in the freezer, you suck it like a pudding pop. I don't know why I did that, but you know, 
but the Greeks and uh, and also the Swedish people, what they're doing with yogurt, I'm a fan. So I have to imagine that their baby formula would be good too. It's like how Mexican Coke's better. I mean, Coca-Cola. So much better. Like, Mexican cocaine's probably better too, but Mexican Coca-Cola is better because it has real sugar in it. Because the government uses real sugar. Does it, That's it. Doesn't. Does it doesn't subsidize corn syrup? <laughs> That's it. It it's one thing, and everybody. It's so funny because yeah. all my friends, you know, we all buy the big glass ball. Cup. They're like, "Why is it so much better?" I'm like, "Because they make it the way you should." That's it. They're not doing anything magical. They're just they just make it the way it should be made. Yeah, it's like they the chocolate uses real sugar and like like less palm oil or whatever is in ours. Yes, you know? dude. Like, yeah. European chocolate is so superior to uh-huh. America. It is unbelievable. We write about that, by the way, in our book, Round Here and Over Yonder. There's a whole chapter dis- uh, uh, dedicated to it. There's like a, a dissertation, like a whole book you could write about the weird ways, and this is an, in, across all things, but a lot of specific areas, the government goes out of its way to make things worse. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, what? Like, it's like, oh, okay, we you got, you got to subsidize corn syrup because you got to win Iowa to win the presidency. It's yeah. like, okay, but I don't want to eat that shit. And it should, everything shouldn't, like, everybody shouldn't be obese because they're putting, finding ways, places to put corn syrup because they got so much of it. It's like corn syrup and ham. It should We're feeding be corn yeah. syrup to livestock. You know, it like, should also be noted that we invented Coca Cola, and ours is worse than anyone's. <laughs> like ours is worse than anyone's. Like this is we, like uh, this is like when yeah. the uh, Americans finally lose the Olympics in basketball. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, Witty Whitlet thirty six uh, Grizzlies says real sugar is better. Corn syrup is garbage. Yeah, yeah. Now I've got beef with sugar though. I ain't gonna lie. Um, because of what they did to fat in the nineties. You know, I've I've written an entire dissertation called What Sugar Did to Fat, uh, and the whole, you know, fat free thing where they were pumping sugar in everything. However, I will say when it just neck and neck with corn syrup and sugar, yeah, sugar hits harder. Yeah, it's almost like it was no wonder they didn't do the same thing with uh, fat. They did with MSG and just pretend that fat's Chinese or something. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> I still can't convince my mom that no, mom, you don't actually get a headache when you eat Szechuan chicken because of the MSG. It's totally fine. And actually, yeah. 50% less sodium than salt, Mark. Uh, Jasmine Parker says, now I want to fuck up some chocolate. And you can feel feel free. Just know that uh, you, your, your, your French cousin is... Fucking up a little bit, slightly better chocolate. And hey, you can get those on Amazon, by the way. Not that I support Amazon, but like it is easy. Let's face it. Uh, I actually have a subscription to Picnic Bars. <laughs> they come every month. They're from Europe, and because uh, like I'm, I'm, I've lost a lot of weight, but now I'm like, if I'm gonna eat a candy bar, it's not. It's gonna be the good shit. You know what I mean? I like I like imagining you being at your uh, your your weekly bookstore run. You run into like some like you know somebody who thinks of you as a fellow fellow intellectual, and they go, "What did you subscribe to?" Thinking you're going to say the Atlantic, and you say candy bars. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got chocolate all over my face. It's European though. It really is fine. Yeah. Oh <laughs> well, well, I reckon uh, without about doing it for us, Corey, you want to do your plugs? Yes, I will. Uh, I've mentioned my book all throughout this, so I don't have to do that again. Putting on airs with me and Trey Crowder. That's a fantastic podcast, obviously well-read. And hey, if you really enjoy me, the cut of my jib, how I get down, uh, if you will, please go to bonuscory.com. That is where I do all my, you guessed it, bonus stuff. I write essays over there. I do podcasts. I basically put up, you know, at least three or four things a week. It's a, it's similar to a Patreon, but it's a, a Substack. Bonuscory.com. I just finished my first audio drama, full-length audio drama. It was called Colonel Cornbread and the Case of the Confederate Ruby. It was a mystery. It was a lot of fun. And right now, uh, I kind of teased it earlier in the show, my next audio drama that I'm working on is I'm turning a collection of Greek tragedies into a southern comedy so i'm sort of going the uh the coen brothers style with oh brother where art thou ish you know uh-huh. yeah great great movie uh so are you do you do do you do all the voices in this i do i do all yeah in colonel cornbread i do all the i write it i produce it i edit it i do all the voices um i will be casting a woman for this next one because i just you know i got to uh but uh, the first one getting it under my belt i did everything i'll still do the majority of them i'm eddie murphy in it but yeah bonuscory.com it's a lot of fun 
All right. Yeah, you probably once you expand and start doing more diverse properties, you should probably do some casting there. I just no, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Trust me. Right now, it's a solo operation because, like, I've kind of just started it. But I listen. Mm -hmm. As soon as it starts hitting real hard, you're coming on to write. I'm getting some black people, some gay people, some Indians, whatever the fuck I need. And I'll be happy mm -hmm. to do it. This, this plug oh, yeah. fell apart. This plug fell <laughs> apart. All right. Don't forget to go look at Trey's road dates, TreyCrowder.com. He's with, at Zany's in Nashville with Corey and Drew, too. Is it Drew there? Too? That's right. Yeah, it's all of us back together, December, baby. December 14th, you said? December 14th through the 16th at Zany's in Nashville. You can get those tickets at TreyCrowder.com, baby. Okay, and don't forget, we have our Patreons, $5 a month if you want to support the show a little more. Uh, either way, keep tuning in on Tuesdays. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, see you, love you, bye. Corey hit him with a skew. Skew!